for Sharon and I, this is our anniversary Sunday. Yeah, we've, uh, not our anniversary, but anniversary here, excuse me, <laughs> 13 years. So we're uh, very grateful for that. We've actually lived in the house that we're in right now longer than either of us have lived in any other house. And uh, one of the things that's happening in that house is that um, rooms that were painted when we moved in, freshly painted when we moved in, are looking decidedly needful of some attention. And uh, I guess uh, what I wanted to share in some ways this morning is that we've had some awesome experiences here and wonderful times in the Lord, but there's that thirst to say, I want to continue to have those encounters with him, and I want to continue to see his hand working in us, but at, at times it's like the house, you, you kind of look and say, I need to dust some stuff off here, or, you know, it's been 13 years since we <laughs> paid any attention to this room, and what I'd like to do is go through this Uh, a parable this morning that all of you are familiar with, but again, ask ourselves, are there some new applications for us, so to speak? So we're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan and and walk through that together. It says, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He says, what's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So this is a summary kind of of Old Testament thought in, in Scripture, and it's this broad parameter thing that we need to grab onto ourselves. You see different applications. I I once uh, spent several months walking through salvation formulas in the New Testament where, you know, is it confess and believe or repent or, you know, what are all the things attached to that? Because when you're talking of entering into a relationship, you aren't just looking at a formula and saying, okay, I did this, now it's done. But rather you're trying to to catch a a concept and, and things that go deeper than just this uh, blanket statement. And so, you know, we have this broad statement, but you see different expressions of it. Even uh, I was walking through the book of Micah this last week, and, and uh, you know, Micah 6.8 is a verse that uh, most of us, I think, have memorized. He's shown you, O oh man, what is good, what does the Lord require of thee, to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly in thy sight. Um, but the verse preceding it caught my attention. And it's like the the Lord is saying, okay, what should I ask of you? Should I ask that you, uh, you, I want to read it, otherwise I'm going to mess it up. Should I ask from you thousands of rams? You know, should I ask you for sacrifices of thousands of animals? Old Testament, you know. Or should I ask for rivers of oil? You know, that you just pour out rivers of oil to me and then I'll be happy. And, you know, he, he goes, or even, should I give my firstborn son? You know, fruit of my life, do you want me to just, is that what you want me to dedicate unto you to have my sins? You know, what, what should be done? 
And of course, the, the immediate under, understanding and illustration for us is that, yeah, that's exactly what God did for us. He didn't ask that of us, but he did it himself out of love for us to give his firstborn. But then he goes into this phrase that's very similar to this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, to do justly, to love mercy, it's all under that umbrella of love, isn't it? So we, we find these passages, and, and so, you know, the lawyers ask the question, and then we get what we stereotype lawyers as. How, how, what's the, is it all the detail here? You know, who's my neighbor? You know, let's, let's, let's pigeonhole this thing and, and get it to very specific detail. And Jesus gives a story, and you're familiar with this. Man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among robbers who stripped and beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. So somebody got in trouble and was in need of help. So there's a chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. So people that we would associate with religiosity, like a pastor or an elder or a deacon or whoever is in charge, uh, didn't get it done. And so it's not just about the position, but there's this acknowledgement that even those guys have to apply themselves if they're going to truly live out this command. But a Samaritan, so the one you wouldn't anticipate, the one who wasn't even serving properly, as he journeyed, came to where he was, saw him, had compassion, went to him, bound his wounds, pouring oil and wine, sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I'll repay when I come back. He says, which of these do you think proved to be the neighbor? And he says, the one who showed mercy. So we look at that, and a man steps into a situation that he wasn't forced into, he applies himself, and then he continues that application into the next day and however long was needful. The challenge for me is to look at things and say, do I really want to hear the voice when I, when I ask? But it's appropriate to ask of the Lord and say, what would you desire in me, and what would you desire of change from me? Um, I guess I want to walk through some questions with you. Um, there are some conflicting agendas in our lives. And I want to go through those first, and then I want to ask these other questions. So this is primarily application today. Okay? How needy am I for recognition or affirmation? A lot of what I do is to please others, you know, or to, in a sense, be acknowledged. And I think the challenge in our lives is to find the right affirmation, right? If, if I'm seeking it from the Lord enough, the other isn't as important to me. 
But there are times when we get caught up in things, and even from childhood. I was, I was talking to a man who said, my father was always harsh with me and, and never you know, had much good to say. And he says, I, I drove myself through school uh, excelling in sports, and he had a college scholarship, and, you know, and he said, I, I just I needed that affirmation. And he says, then I took that into my relationships, and so I had to have women, you know, cherish me, so to speak. And, and so I'd say whatever needed to be said. And, he, and he, he was explaining his life, but he says, when I came to the Lord, he says, I got so wrapped up in, in the love of God that he says those things kind of just drifted away. He said, I, I suddenly knew the affirmation of God in a way that it, it, everything else paled in comparison. We were having this conversation because he's, he's been in the faith for 20, 30 years, somewhere around there. And he's going through a new season where he's entered retirement. He says, suddenly I'm being challenged by things that I released years ago. He says, I'm watching more sports than I've ever watched in my life. He says, it's not good. I, I just, suddenly I'm back into this stuff. And he said, you need something to do. And he says, yeah. I, he says, I need more focus on what I have. It's this tweaking of our, of our relationship in the Lord at times where it's just saying, okay, what... What needs to, you know, am I still seeking affirmation? Am I still seeking, you know, others' responses? Or am I, am I settling this the way I need to? It can siphon off a huge amount of energy. You can look at somebody in need and say, no, I got an appointment, and there are people that I need to relate to. You walk into a room, and, and you know, there might be this thing of, that person could use an encouraging word, but then it's, no, I need to get to this person. And unspoken is this thing, I want their approval and I want them to notice me. It's the challenge that comes before us. Here's another one. How hungry am I for possessions, money, and security? You know, is, is my energy so bent that way that I don't have time to observe another or take care of them or to invest in them? You know, that, that thing of if I get distracted with this, I'll never get to what I intend to do or what I need to do to achieve this and, and accumulate. And so it, be, it comes this test point of, whether or not I can truly apply this love of God and love a neighbor. Here's how much do I give in to anxiety and fear? I mean, do you realize that the priest and Levite walking by could have been affected by each of these things? You know, in getting to a destination rather than taking care of the person in front of them? How much, you know, I'm afraid that I'll get caught up into this if, if I go get involved with this person. Is, is their family situation so messy that when I step into that, I know I'm going to get clubbed? You know, it, those kind of things are things that we have to sort out and say, what's the voice of the Lord in this? We've got one more. How much do I crave ease, enjoyment, comfort, or distraction? You know, are, am I... Are those things 
so much a part of my selfish nature that it's like, no, I got to get home. There's a game on, and I'm not wasting time on you. Or I, you know what? <laughs> got a good meal at home. It's cooked. It's ready. To... Or you know, it's, there's numerous things this way that that are distractions, right? And there are times when we, when we, in a sense, go before the Lord and say, "I'm open. Will you reveal this to me as to what, what I need to do here?" Oh, that <laughs> I was I was walking through this and I'm going. I'm still helping with breakfast. <laughs> Last May, Char was gone and and uh, one of those quiet moments in the Lord. It's like He said, "You need to be helping her in the mornings." Really? <laughs> and then there's this hope that she'll kick me out of the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, she's been she's been so awesome through the years, you know that, you know, and and so when I I started when she got back and she didn't she didn't say a word, and uh, you know weeks later it comes out. Well, I think God spoke to me. Good. <laughs> she hasn't refused yet. <laughs> this could be a long term thing. You know, <laughs> responding to God may be life changing <laughs> in, in ways that don't require a lot of money, don't require social position, don't require a political statement, you know, but are in ways that we can truly carry out. I haven't even told her what the last thing was. I went to that stinking men's retreat. <laughs> I don't dare. <laughs> Why at this stage of life? We've been married a long time. I was happy with the way it was. <laughs> Except that he keeps going, yeah, I can make it even better. So let's, let's walk through some of the. How can I better love God in months ahead? Again, for me, there's a tension between structure and spontaneity in serving the Lord. Structure would be, I'm locked into this daily Bible reading, and I'm going to get my chapters done each day. Or the spontaneity, it says, it's not just this routine, but this is about relationship, and so unless the scripture comes alive, what value is there? And so at times, spontaneity... Seems like a really good thing, except that I'm not as consistent on the spontaneity end of things. So it may go day, several days, a week, you know, that the investment. And when we talk about family time, we say quality and quantity, right? That it's nonsense to just say quality because it means, yeah, I only spend a few minutes, I make them precious. You know, it, it, it requires both. And, and in the Lord, there is this need to us, for us to kind of allow him to dictate 
where that lands. But it's appropriate at different seasons to say, am I in the Scripture enough or not? If my prayer life, you know, for me, at times I have lists that I'm walking through. And other times where it's like, I ever see another list again, it would be too much. But, you know, and yet that fine-tuning is something that changes through the years. And one works well for a season, and then it's done. And it's because it is about this relationship. And so these are investments into that relationship, but they aren't the relationship itself. And so it's like walking through the house that we've been in for a while. Yeah, this, is, this was great when we moved in, but it needs a coat of paint. And so, <laughs> my daughter's really smiling about the painting idea. She's leaving. <laughs> it, it's one of those things in the Lord, it's, it's appropriate for us to go back and say, God, how do you want to tweak this thing? What, what, what do you desire of me in this season? And to allow him to speak into our hearts that way. Okay, next, how can I better love my spouse? And like I mentioned, don't ask unless you want to hear. And plan on responding. Otherwise, you start walking in disobedience, right? And so you get these little insights. And it's like, well, okay. You know, every now and then it's okay, but often it's okay <laughs> means changing. I'm happy with constancy. Or we look at it and say, how can I better love my family? And we specifically walk through the names of those we're involved with. And we ask, what, what do you desire? What, what can be said or what can be done? That what investment do you want me to make? How can I better love those I work with or am in groups with? Because that's like the next sphere of friends, right? What, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? What investment do you want me to make? to cherish those lives, so to speak. And then finally, how can I better love my neighbors? We had a wonderful thing this Christmas. Some people that we've been attempting to open the doors to for 10 years left a box of cookies at Christmas time on our back porch for us. It was the first response back that we've received in 10 years. It may mean long-term investment to even have some reciprocal. But if it's spoken to us by the Lord, why not? You know, it's, it's so simple in the story and it's so simple in the general application it's easy to just run right on by and escape rather than really intentionally saying, what do you have? 
So I encourage you in, in this season again, maybe let's just walk through these in way of application and say, this is what the Lord laid out to us. We know for centuries that the idea of loving God and loving neighbor as self is appropriate and one of those umbrella statements. The Lord help us to put it into the fine tuning and fine print for our lives that you desire. For in each life, it's a different application, right? In each of us, there's a different thing being asked of us. But it's appropriate that we regularly say, God, I'm open. <laughs> what do you want? Any answers? Stand with me, will you? So, Lord, again, in this new year, we look at these big issues and we say, speak to our hearts and reveal to us how you would have us respond in the way of love to both you and our neighbor. Give us insights into life this way, we pray. Amen.